listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. We're going to pray for you today as we get ready to go into the Word. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today that you are life. We thank you that you are truth. We thank you that you are peace. We thank you that you're our comfort. And God, we pray right now that we would push aside every distraction, that we would empty ourselves of any thoughts and things that would stop us from receiving your Word. But with gladness, we open up our hearts to be fertile ground that you can speak into us that you can bless us, that you can change us, that you can transform us. In Jesus' name, shout amen in the house. Take that hand, high five someone around. Say, looking good, looking good, looking good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So here's the question. Here's the question. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? That's what we're looking at this month. We're going to try and finish this morning. But what does it really mean to be a Christian? Perhaps no greater message in light of everything that's going on around us right now that we need to be everything that God desires us to be. Because what does it mean to be a Christian? I had to write this down and I had to be truthful when I wrote this down because what it means to be a Christian is a whole lot more than perhaps we're doing right now. Don't look at me crazy. It's the truth. We need to be doing a whole lot more. We need to be being a whole lot more. But it's okay. We're changing that culture. We're beginning a new culture. Outside of salvation, culture is what defines us. As we give our lives to Christ, then we become part of a culture and we begin to love other people. We begin to serve people. What is our culture here? Life starts, love happens and purpose is revealed. We're creating a culture around us. As children of God, there should be a difference around us. We are in the world, the Bible says, but not of the world. We are different. doesn't make us crazy. Don't look at your neighbor and say, yeah, I can understand with them. That's not what it means. It doesn't make us out of reach. It makes us fully obtainable, touchable. Because that's what God wants us to be as a Christian. He doesn't want us to be elevated above. He wants us to be in the trenches with. He wants us to be surrounded by people. Look at the scripture, Philippians 3 verse 13. I want to encourage you with this thought as we begin today. Because we're not all there yet. That's okay. We're not all there. We haven't all arrived there yet. But I pray you're better than yesterday. I pray tomorrow you'll be better than what you are today. Philippians says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. I don't have it all together. Aren't you glad about that? I'm so glad when I read God's word, I can be encouraged because I don't have it all together. Anyone with me? Am I standing alone today? I'll just take you. I'll take all responsibility for this. 
I don't have it all together. I haven't arrived fully where I want to be. But what does he say? Even though I'm not where I want to be, there's one thing that I must do. Here's what I must do. Notice in our lives, there could be a whole list of things that we need to do. We need to change this. We need to speak nicer to our spouse. We need to uh, 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 be at work on time. There's a whole list of things that perhaps we can say that we do. But he's condensed it down to one thing, making it simple. Why? Because we're so good at dealing with the symptoms instead of getting to the root cause. So he's going to the root. He's going to the source of what needs to change in our lives. He says, I've got to forget those things which are behind. Say with me, I've got to release those things. I've got to let go of those things that have happened before. I've got to let go of how I lost my temper yesterday. I've got to let go of the words that I couldn't take back, which I said. Anyone with me? Is anyone awake? Come on, just shake your neighbor and say, wake up today. Wake up, wake up. Because I know I'm preaching truth today. I've got to forget the things which are behind. I've got to forget the fact I don't maybe have flood insurance. I've got to forget the fact that it's not looking good yesterday and realize that today is a new thing. In other words, I've got to forget the things I cannot change. But things that can change me moving forward. I've got to let go of those things so what? I can reach forward. Here's many people, they want forward, but they're still... The Bible says you've got to let go so you can grab a hold of. He says, I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Man, I feel like preaching in the house. And he says, so what do I do? I press on towards... The goal. I press on towards the mark, the high calling in Christ Jesus. You and I have got a choice today. You can stay where you're at, or you can allow God to take you where He's at. Amen. Because God ain't in your depression. Hello? God's not wanting to sit with you and sympathize in your depression. He's the victory out of your depression. Come on. It doesn't mean that He doesn't care. But think about it. If someone's just there with you, they're not really helping you. I want someone that can lift me up and set me free. And that's what God wants to do in your life today. I'm going to preach some of you awake in the house today. Come on, I'm going to preach some of you awake in the house today. Come on, I'm forgetting those things. I'm forgetting those things so I can be everything that God wants me to be. I maybe haven't been the greatest witness this week, but this is a new day today. And I'm a new person today in Christ Jesus. You know what you've got to do? You've got to shake it off. Come on, just shake it off. Shake off that past. You know why you've got to shake it off? Because there's still mountains to climb. Come on, there's still a life of adventure ahead. You know what being a Christian is? It's a life of intrigue. It's a life of adventure. It's a life of mystery. We have a mystery in the house today. A visitor, a new family member. Her name is Mystery. How cool is that? It's a life of expectation. It's a life of excitement. If your Christian life isn't that, come and hang out with me for 24 hours. 
and I'll show you how exciting the Christian life can be. It's not dead and boring. It's not a list of things I can't do and don't need to do. Why do I want those things when I've got something greater in God? It's a full life. It's a full life. I can't speak about your life, but I want to live in John 10.10, the end. Where the thief comes to kill still. I don't want to be a part of that. But God says, I've come to give you life and life of abundance. Abundance of life. As a Christian, God wants us to live in the end of that verse. Not the beginning. But too many of us are so bound. And we're so afraid. We've been looking at the characteristics of Christianity. What does it mean? We've looked at the first one and... The first one we looked at is love. We talked about that last week. We haven't got time. A massive subject that we tried to condense into one message. But the importance of love. If we don't have love, we can't know God. So love is the beginning of our lives. It's the beginning of relationship. It's the beginning of the life that God has. Wednesday we talked about stewardship. We talked about servanthood. A steward is someone who manages something that's not their own. Everything you have is not your own. And the problem we have in life is when we take ownership over it. Because if we've got ownership over it, we're responsible for it. We talked about that. If you live in a rental house and you have a problem with the air conditioner, you just pick up the phone and call your landlord. What's their responsibility? To send someone out and fix it. Come on. This body, this house, in my home, I'm just passing through. Come on. God's my landlord. And if there's a problem in my life, I can just turn it over to Him. Quit trying to fix your mess when God is the one that can handle it all. Talked about being a servant. If you want to be the greatest, Jesus said, be the servant of, of all. Of all. Of everyone. This is not easy stuff, I know that. But it's life changing for each one of our lives. Look at this scripture. John 8.36. I've got to get to the message. This is really still my introduction. John 8.36 says this. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be what? Free indeed. New Living Translation says, so if the Son sets you free, you will indeed be free. You are truly free. Freedom comes from God. We've got to understand that. Through His Son who was crucified, who rose again, hopefully we've all got that. But notice what it says, there's a freedom that wants to come, that wants to make you free Indeed, indeed. I took the dictionary out and looked at the word deed because I'm free in deed. What does deed? What does the word deed mean? Look what it means a thing done or an act. We all know the terminology of doing a good deed for someone. You can carry their groceries, you can open the door for them, you can help them in their time of need. That's called a good deed. Deed, therefore, deed is a it's an action word. Everyone with me? I'm not the greatest English scholar, so help me out in here. Just nod with me, even if I'm doing wrong. Just nod with me. Okay? It's an action word. So notice this. The Bible says the Son makes you free. But notice how the freedom is now 
operating in your life, that you are free indeed. In other words, you are free in the action, in the doing, in the living of the life. Too many people are sitting back and saying, God, just work in my life. And God says, where's the action of your life? You know what faith is? Faith is an action word. You don't sit on your faith. You step out on your faith. You live your faith. You've got to be free in the action of your life. You've got to be free in doing the right things. It's not producing the freedom that comes from God. But it allows you to live in the freedom that God has given to your life. Too many Christians are like a dog on a leash. What are you talking about? A dog on a leash. They think they've got the whole freedom, but all they've got is a perimeter. They can go so far, but when they get too far, they're pulled off their feet. Too many people are living in what they think is freedom. You've got to take the chain off your neck because God doesn't want you just to have a small perimeter that you think you can go to. God came to shake the limits off for your life to go to places and be places wherever. The children of Israel thought they were free from bondage, but wandering in a wilderness is not freedom. That's why they wanted to go back. Because it wasn't freedom. Don't allow the enemy to convince you that this is all God, that you'll never be free. I'm telling you, I just read that the Son makes you free and you are free indeed. And every day you step up and say, today I'm free in Christ. Walk like you're free. Talk like you're free. Live like you're free. Eat like you're free. Come on, believe like you're free. Because that's what God... I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. Come on, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Being a Christian, you see, is not a title. It's a life of living. It's a living. Oh, I'm a Christian. No, you shouldn't have to say it. You should just be it. Others should know because of the freedom of Christ that He has in your life. So what do we do when there's troubles? What do we do? When there's problems, here it is, 1 Peter 5 verse 7, cast all your care upon God. I didn't say it's a problem-free life. I said when we're walking in freedom, there's going to be struggles and care. But what do we do? He gives us freedom and then He walks with us in our freedom and allows us to cast all of our care on Him. For why? Because He wants to set you free. Notice what it says, He cares for you. I think someone needs to hear that today. God cares for you. Luke said it very well this week. And I didn't chastise him for it because, hey, I've been there. And those thoughts have even gone through my mind. Luke said, Dad, when we were out gutting some houses, and he said, I saw all the pain and the anguish that some people were going through. He said, I don't think I've ever been madder at God for about 20 minutes. You can look at him and you can say, I can't believe that. Come on, you... You, you, it just took you 20 hours. He got over it in 20 minutes. It's so easy, isn't it, for us to look and get so consumed. Bad God, you don't care. But that's the biggest lie because written there in His Word, plain and simply as this, He cares for you. You may say, well, how does He care? Can I just remind you that the story is not over yet. Weeping may endure for the night. Come on. Come on, if I had an organ in the house today, we would be rocking in this house. Come on, weeping may endure for the night, but it's not an end of story. Because what joy! Breakthroughs! Miracles are coming in the morning. 
God cares for you. God cares for you. Again, a longer introduction, but I've just got a sneaking suspicion. Someone needs this today. Someone, I need this today. I'll just be honest with you. I need this today. So let's look at our passage. Are you ready? Let's jump into our passage. We're going to read actually quite a few verses today. It's going to be a lot of Bible. And may I remind you as we're reading the Bible, be following along every day through our Bible reading plans. Get the Word of God inside of you. If you've maybe missed a couple of weeks, maybe don't even try to play catch up because you'll get so consumed. Just start where we're at right now. And we can go back and cover the bases later, but just be reading the Word each and every day. It's so, so important. Why? Because you read passages like this. Passages that will change your life. Look what it says in Romans 12, 9 through... We're going we're to go all the way through 9 through 21, so hang tight with us today. It says this, behaving like a Christian. That's the title. So it can't get much clearer than that. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Get the message from last week to hear that. Be kindly affectionate to one another in brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patience in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints and given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Verse 17. Repay no one for evil. Have regard for all good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. In other words, he's saying it's possible for you. Maybe impossible for them, but it's possible for you. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather you'll give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head... You do not be overcome by evil, but you overcome evil by doing good, by being good, by doing good. Fourth characteristic we're going to look at for Christianity is humility. 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 It's a pretty funny thought that the Bible records Moses as the most humble man who ever lived. It's kind of funny when you realize he wrote that of himself. Just, I thought that was funny, sorry. <laughs> I thought that was good. But look at verse 16, if you could, today. It says this, But be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. In other words, you've got to be humble to do that. Do not be wise in your own Opinion. New Living Translation says this, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't ever think that you know it all. Humility, humility, humility. One of the greatest women that has perhaps lived in our time would be a lady known as Mother Teresa. What made that lady so great was the humility that she had 
to touch so many lives. When people were running in the opposite direction, she was on the front line, ministering to the needs, touching those who were hurt, destitute, and broken. Where are we in that picture? Are we the ones running away or are we the ones running to? To be humble, to have humility. The word humility means a humbleness of mind. Not high thinking. I like that. Just a lowly mind. A, a, a just not elevated thinking and elevated thoughts really of yourself. Thinking more of yourself than really who you are. It's a meekness. A lot of people regard meekness as a weakness, but I'm just telling you right now, weak meekness is controlled strength. Some of the strongest people I know in life are meek people. They have a controlled strength in their lives. The word humble means not proud, but modest. Modest. So how's your thinking? Is it elevated about yourself? Do you have pride in your life or do you live with modesty? I think the problem that we have so many times why people are not in church is because Christians think too highly of themselves. They have elevated themselves so much, almost setting a standard that they know themselves they cannot live by, but setting a standard that's impossible for someone on the outside looking in because we've almost presented this country club mentality that you've got to be here in order to be welcomed. I, I, I just want to be honest with you. If that was the case, I wouldn't be here today. And don't look at me crazy because I know some of you. I know some of your testimonies. You wouldn't have been accepted in. But we've got to watch that we don't carry ourselves in such a way that we're better than everyone else. We're not better than everyone else. But you know what God wants to do? Listen to this. God doesn't want to make you better than everyone else. God makes, wants to make you better than yourself. Think about that. I'm not better than everyone. I just need to be better than myself. And I need God every day to change my life. But the problem that you have if you are elevating yourself real high is the high you go. The further you have to... In fact, the Bible says this, that pride always precedes... A fall. Why? Because elevation, it's going to come down at one time in your life. I like what Peter says. Look what Peter says in Peter 5, 5 and 6. He says this. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. And here's why. For God resists the proud. God stands in opposition to those who have pride in their life. But He gives grace. I'm so thankful for His grace. But where does His grace come? Not for those who think they've arrived. But for those, like Paul said earlier, that we haven't apprehended and made it, but this one thing we're doing, we're letting go, so we're grabbing a hold of God. Therefore, His grace is given to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He, who? He may what? Exalt you in due time. 
It may not be your time right now to be exalted and promoted, but it's your time to stay humble. Because it's through humility comes the lift that God wants. God's way is very different to the world's way. We heard on Wednesday night, if you want to be the greatest of all, God says, serve everyone. The world says, if you want to be great, have other people serve you. How great you are is by how many friends you have, followers you are on social media. All these things, that's what the world says is greatness. And again, God's way is different because God says, if you want to be exalted, you've got to first be humbled. You've got to be made low. You've got to be modest. You've got to have lowly thinking. In other words, you've got to be devoid of pride. Notice what it says, verse 16. It says, be of the same mind towards others. Be of the same mind towards one another. What mind is that? Well, let's, well, let's look because I think it's important if God wants us to be like His mind. Because that's what He wants us to follow. Let's look at the mind of Christ. Look what it says in Philippians 2. And verse um, 1 through 11. I'm going to jump to verse 5 if you can. Can you go to the next slide if you can? Look what it says in verse 5. I want to jump into the middle of it today. And it says these words. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In other words, he was God. He is God. He's equal with God. He wasn't masquerading. He, wasn't, he could have so easily came as God because He is God. But notice the way He came, the way He chose to be. But He made Himself of no reputation, taken on the form of a bondservant, and came in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as a man, He humbled Himself. And became obedient even to the point of death. Even to the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. And given him a name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Those in heaven, those on earth, those are under the earth. Satan is going to bow at the name of Jesus. And every tongue, even the tongue of Satan, is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But notice this. He came humble. In order to get an exalted name, in order to have the name that's above every other name, He came as a man like you and I, that He could pay the price for our lives. Do you see the example we need to be to other people? We need to be in the likeness of other people around us, not trying to make us look better or bigger, but realize I have the same problems as you. My house flooded just like yours. My kids Act up at school just like yours. I have those window enveloped mail come to my house too. In other words, the bills. I have the struggles like you do. But yet through the struggles, my humility allows God to begin to work in my life. And to begin to change me. That we can what? Show forth the goodness and the mercies of the Lord. How incredible. Totally humbled, but yet totally powerful. Because at His name, everything has to bow. 
Too many people are striving for the spotlight. They want to be known. They want to be popular. But I've come to this conclusion. If I want exaltation, I want it to be His promotion. Because when it's given by man, it can be taken by man. Your boss can give you a promotion tomorrow and he can fire you on Friday. (laughs) Oh, if only I could have... We strive for the things of this world that are temporal instead of striving for the things that are eternal. Because the Bible says every day we're laying up treasures in heaven. And through humility we're laying up great rewards for our lives. Because when it's given by man, it can be taken by man. But when it's given by God, we grow into it. We see blessing. We see God doing things. You may say, well, where's God in my life? I just want you to know something. Write this down. God, let me read it right, okay? God is waiting on you. Not you waiting on God. Well, I'm just waiting for God to... No, God is waiting on you. He's waiting for you to be in the right place, in the right mind, in the right light. So He can promote you to where you need to be. Because if you haven't got it right here, you're not going to get it right up there. If you're not going to tithe on $10, you're never going to tithe on $100. God is waiting on you, not the other way around. If only God would hurry up. Hey, He's ready. He's actively engaged to do on your behalf, but he is waiting on you to get to the right place. Look what it says in Luke 14, 7, 11. Jesus tells a parable. It's an earthly story with a, 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 a heavenly meaning. There's implications for our life. Jesus talked in parables. He said he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, when you were invited by anyone to a wedding feast. Do not sit down in the best places, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who is inviting you will come up to you and say, could you give place to this man? And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who is invited comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then he who invited you comes and will say, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. Verse 11, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Say with me, put down. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Every situation I walk into, I, I demand the favor of God. If I go to a restaurant, wherever I go each and every day, I demand the favor of God. It's not like I go in and say, hey, I demand the favor of God. But it's not because of who I am, it's because of whose I am. I walk in humility or try each and every day and it's a constant guard that we need to keep watch because pride can slip its way in so many different ways. But I try to walk in humility every day. Why? Because I want God to do the work that only God can do. I don't look to have the highest seat, but I realize that if God wants me to be there, He'll place me there. But I don't have to do the placing, I just have to do the trusting. Because as I trust and walk in God, He's the one that can elevate. And I I just want to tell you right now, some seats that I thought had my name on, I'm glad I never sat in them because they weren't the seat that God had for me anyway. If I'd have sat there, I don't know where I would be today. 
But I'm so thankful that through the humility of my life, God's going to be the one that opens the doors. God's going to be the one that's going to make the pathways. God's going to be the one that's going to lead me where I need to be. Right now, you may say, well, I just don't know. It seems like there's just a fog all around me. Just remain faithful. Just remain humble and God's going to bring you through in the right way at the right time. James 4 verse 10 says, Therefore humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. That's a promise of God. Come on, I said that's a promise of God. We used to sing a song in Sunday school that went like this. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter and every verse and every line can't remember the rest of it, but it was good. In His promises, there is love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. Do you realize every promise in the book is yours? But so many of us are not walking in the promises because we're above them. We think we're above them, but really we're way below them. So allow God to lift you up. Look what Paul says, or look what they say about Paul in Acts. Look what it says, Acts 20. 18 and 19, the last part of verse 18. Paul says these words, You know that from the first day I came to Asia, you know in what manner I have always lived among you. I like how Paul writes this. Because Paul doesn't say, I came to you in this way. He says, you know the way I came. In other words, he is putting his life up for question. He's allowing them to disagree with him. He's given them a place where they can say, what? No, you didn't. So he's presenting it all out there. He's just throwing his whole life out there. Why can he do that? Because he's lived in such a way that he knows they couldn't point the finger back at him and say, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. He says, and you know, this is the way I've lived amongst you. He said, I have served the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to be to me by the plotting of the Jews. In other words, he says, here's my life. There's been trials and there's been hardships. But I have never stepped into your lives and demanded anything from you. But really, I've come to your world and says, what can I do for you? What a picture that would be as a Christian. Instead of us looking at other people and saying, what can I get out of them? That we could turn around and say, what can we add to their life? What can I bring to their home? What can I bring to their finances? What can I bring to their marriage? What can I bring to their children? Because when we have a life of humility, we're we're good at pointing the finger and saying, goodness, if that kid was mine. Come on, I'm reading your mind. Come on, if if that was my husband, I'm telling you what, he wouldn't act like. We got quick at promoting ourselves. But think about what we can bring to that situation. How with our lives, like Paul. I wonder if we could write that of our lives. For everyone who's around me, they could all testify right now on Facebook. So please reply right now. How greatly I have lived and humbly I have lived. I wonder what the posts would be back. Um, Excuse me, did someone hack your account? (laughs) Humility. You see, humility is a total absence of arrogance, conceit, and haughtiness. I like that word, haughtiness. High thinking. You know one thing I've seen, and I'm almost finished. 
You know, one thing I've seen going through these four characteristics is this. I believe it's impossible to have one without the other. There's no way that you can truly serve someone if you don't have humility and love. There's no way that you can truly be humble without first having love and being a servant. There's no way that you can truly love people without being a servant and without having humility. There's no way you can really be a good steward with everything you have without having humility and without having servanthood. You see, being a Christian is not what I think and pick and choose. Being a Christian is I need all of these things present in my life because one leads on to the other, to the other. One blesses the other, promotes the other, uses the other, helps the other. They're all apart. It's like if you read in the Bible, it's the fruit of the Spirit. So many people label it as the fruits, plural. The Bible says it's the fruit of the Spirit as love, joy, peace, patience, temperance, all those things. Why? Because the whole thought is this. There are fruit, not fruits. They're one thing that we need to have in our lives. This isn't just an individual characteristic. This is what we need to possess in our lives. They are all intertwined and they are all connected. So what does it mean to be a Christian? I pray that you're learning through these messages of what God is requiring of our lives. Because what does it mean to be a Christian? If we want to sum it up in one word or one statement, it's this. It's to be Christ-like. It's to be Christ-like. To be Christ-like. And when we want to talk about being Christ-like, we're talking about the Bible Christ-like, not what man has interpreted to be a Christ-likeness. Because we read that God made us in His image and likeness. But the image and likeness that we see around us and what's been allowed and permitted around us is definitely not the image and likeness of Christ anymore. So if we're going to be Christ-like, we've got to go back to the book. And we've got to find out what it really... You know why people aren't Christians today? I wouldn't be a Christian too if they thought of Jesus. Or if I thought of Jesus in the same way that many of them think of Jesus. They've got such a misconception of Christ. No wonder they're not a Christian. But when you look at the truth of Jesus, everyone should love Him. Everyone should serve Him. So what has the devil done? He's done everything he can to taint the true identity of Christ so the true identity of Christ will not be seen. And if the true identity of Christ is not seen, the true result of Christianity will never be seen. So what do we do? Do we grumble and complain and say, oh me, oh my, it's awful. You can do that if you want. But I'm going to be like Joshua and say, as for me and my house, we're going to step up and say, hold on a second, which is changing some things around here. We're taking back control of this situation and we're saying, hold on a second, I'm a Christian and I'm not ashamed to be everything that God wants me to be. Yes, there's other characteristics. It goes on, it talks about being honourable, living an honourable life. Honour is putting someone before you and doing for others. It talks about living a life of peace, if possible, as much as depends on you, it says, live at peace with all men. It talks about being an overcomer. Verse 21, do not let evil get the best of you, but you conquer evil by doing good. So many incredible characteristics. 
And I'm so glad that every one of them is fully possible for you and I to do and to be. Because God never asks anything from you that you're not able to give. We all possess the ability, but the question is, we lack the desire. We've got to have that desire to live in the fullness of God. Because everything that we have to be everything that we need to be, God has already made available to us. we just got to step out in that. Because we're free in Christ, but our freedom comes indeed. As we walk in that freedom, live in that freedom, we become the freedom of Christ. Would you stand to your feet? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.